0: I feel like that I know you even though you don't know me. Uh, when I retired a couple of years ago, I tried to stay out of the way of the new pastor. Uh, and so I took an interim port out author, and I was there for 17 months. And then uh, they finally called a preacher out there at Pine Forest and uh, last December. So I've, we've been worshiping here for several months because, again, uh, I needed to get out of the way so the new guy could come in and he could establish himself as pastor. So that's why I feel like I know you, but you don't know me. But I, I do know that. your pastor. I have known him for years. I know Brother Jeff. I just gotten to know uh, Brother Terry. I appreciate uh, his friendliness and help- helpfulness here. And what a privilege to be here at Westgate Baptist Church. Your pastor. Amazes me with his preaching. He, you know, he's a good pastor. Amen. You better know that. <laughs> if you don't know that, you haven't been around much. Uh, I take his uh, monthly uh, publication called In Other Words, and so I can't use any of Raymond's illustrations that he sends out because he gets able to, to use them here. So that's kind of <laughs> binding me a little bit, you know. But I know your pastor, and uh, I'm just amazed, and I'm, I'm rather jealous of his people skills as well as well as his preaching skills. But take your Bibles please and be turning to Psalm chapter 55. And I know that uh, I've never preached a sermon on this chapter before and I, I don't think any other guys have because I told Raymond what I was going to preach on today. But as you're turning to Psalm chapter 55 I want to tell you about something that happened to me this last year. You know we're retired now and I'm learning how to be retired and, and um, you know, my grandkids, some of them moved away to, to League City, so my ski boat just sat in the garage for a couple years, so I finally got rid of the ski boat a couple years ago. And so I had to get me a toy, and so my wife and I thought it would be fun to go trail riding on a side by side. So, you know, just do that, and you know, when you could actually get outside and it wasn't 100 degrees, okay. So last January, we bought a side by side, a Yamaha Viking and uh, got a trailer to haul it on and we decided we were going to do some trail riding. Now I don't like to mud, okay. I I just want to trail ride. Get out there and enjoy the forest and those kind of things. And so we got our side by side and as soon as I got it I began buying toys for it. In other words it was a used one so I had to do some repairs on it and and make a few additions. And so I'm out there tinkering with with my side by side and my wife says I want you to get a winch on that thing. It didn't come with one. It had been used up on a deer lease for deer hunters, that kind of thing. And so I said, we don't need a winch. I'm a guy. I don't get stuck. Well, a little voice in me said, you know what? There's words that a husband hates to hear, and that is, I told you so. So rather than have to hear that, I spent the 200 to 300 bucks, and I bought a winch from a side-by-side. I put it on and got that on there. And then in February, in February of the last year I had a birthday and my son got me a, a nice pair of boots to go out when I ride my side-by-side and go out trail riding. So, so we go to Burkeville, Texas. If you don't know where that place is, it's called Sabine uh, River uh, ATV Park. We go up there, 3,000 acres. We went up there in March to try it out. So I get out there and I mean there's just trails everywhere. And we're having fun. We're trying our side-by-side. And so we rode the the morning, and we were doing fine. And and again, we don't mud, okay? That's not our deal, just trails. Nice, slow trails. Everything's fine. Well, as we were riding during the day, there's areas up there that you go in and you have to cross water because you, know, you just have to. So we rode through the water, and I did that several times, and I kind of got my confidence up a little bit with my side-by-side. It's got four-wheel drive and you know, big tires and everything, so I'm just doing great. Well, about the rest of the day, we began to take some little side wraps. And uh, I would find a little bit of mud puddle here and there, and I would just ride through that, you know, and it just did great. Well finally I hit one that was rather long. I looked at that and we'd just done great. I had a, My track record was 100% so I didn't even hesitate. I saw that, didn't even think about it. I just hit it there and you know what happened. You've already got it figured out. Before I knew it we were down to the axles in mud in our side by side. So there we were stuck. I learned what 4 by 4 drive is, I learned what kick in the differentials where all wheels are turned, I learned about that too that day. And so we looked at the situation and we had a choice, either we could just stay there and wait for somebody to help, we could also just sit there and grind those wheels and all we were going to do is just go deeper into that mud, or we could get out and try to do something about the situation. Well I had to get out. I looked at my wife and she says I'll get out if you want me to. I said no you don't have to. She said okay thanks. (laughs) And so I got out of the ATV in my new boots. When I got out I sunk down in the mud. The mud came up to almost to the top of my new boots. An inch from the top. And I got out. And I got my toe chain. And I pulled out my new winch and I I walked about 30 feet from my ATV. I attached that tow chain to the base of a large tree and I learned how to get out of the mud with an ATV. Between my wife driving, all the four wheels turning, and my new winch doing its thing, we got unstuck from the mud up in Burkeville, Texas. My sermon today, what do you do in your life when you find yourself in a situation that you did not expect to be in. Our text today is Psalm chapter 55. I want you to turn to it. And in a few minutes I'm going to explain more about what was happening in David's life. Chapter 55, I want to re- read just the first eight verses. It says, Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am, in, I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying because of the threats of the wicked for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in anger my heart is in anguish within me the terrors of death have fallen on me fear and trembling have beset me horror has overwhelmed me and I said oh that I had the wings of a dove I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. Let us pray, please. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray, Father, that you would take this word and you will help our lives today. Hide this pastor behind the old rugged cross, that I may exalt my Savior Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. In this passage today, we see that that King David was stuck in the mud. We all find ourselves in situations in life that we didn't plan to be. Suddenly disaster hits our home or death comes our way or something bad happens in our lives and we are somewhere that we don't want to be. That happened to me this last year and that's why I discovered this psalm. I wanted to be like the psalmist says here, would that I had the wings of a dove and I could fly away and I could be somewhere else other than where I am right now. That's the situation that we see in David's plight today. In fact, David was in a situation that was terrible. All the Bible scholars that that teach about this say that most likely David is describing what happened to him when his beloved son Absalom undermined him and staged a political coup and undermined the kingship of David. The Bible says in 2 Samuel chapters 14-17, through 17, you can read about it at a later time, but the Bible says that Absalom, this great son of David, plotted to undermine his father. The Bible says that Absalom was, was much like his dad in a lot of ways. He was smart, he was good looking, and yet one thing Absalom did not have that his dad had, Absalom didn't have a heart for God as did King David. The Bible says that Absalom, there was no man so highly praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the top of his head to the sole of his foot there was no blemish in him. Whenever he cut his head, uh, the hair of his head he used to cut his hair once a year because it became too heavy for him he would weigh it and its weight was 200 shekels by the royal standard. That guy had a head of hair didn't he? The Bible says that Absalom wanted the kingship of his father. And so what Absalom would do, he would go near the city gates of the towns, and as the people would come in to, to plot their case in, in what would be the courthouse, that's what the city gates was, Absalom would say, you know what, if I were king I would listen to all of your problems. If I were king things would be better. And the Bible says he did that for four years. And then finally over time Absalom had enough um, uh, support from other people that he asked his father if he could go to Hebron and while Absalom was at Hebron it was declared Absalom is king of Israel. And a political rebellion occurred where David and all of his helpers, all of his family had to flee Jerusalem by the darkness of night. And most people believe that's what David is writing here when he describes the situation in the 55th Psalm. David's plight was that of being undermined by his own son. You know a lot of times that's what happens in our lives. We find ourselves where we don't want to be. The second thing I want you to see here today is this, look at David's plea. The Bible says in verse, in chapter 55 He said, Oh that I had the wings of a dove I'd fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. Psychologists tell us whenever we're faced with something bad what do you want to do? Fright? Flight? Or fight? You've heard that before. What do you do when when fear knocks on your door? A lot of times when trouble comes our way we answer the door with fear whereas a Christian I need to answer my door with faith, right? And that's what David did. I can't tell you the times when I faced a situation in my life when things were, had me frightened. I didn't know what, didn't know what I was going to do. And I would begin to pray about it. And i say, listen Lord, The Bible says in in Matthew that, that if there's a mountain in my life all I've got to do is what? If you have faith you can say to that mountain be cast into the sea. I've tried that before and guess what? My mountains haven't always gone away. In fact often when I say Lord I want my mountain to go away I want my problems to just go away. You know what God has said to me? He gives me a package and I open it up And when I open it up and look inside the box, it's a new pair of mountain climbing boots. (laughs) God says, son, the mountain is not going to go away. The problem in your life is not going to go. You're going to face this, but you're not going to face it by yourself. You see, often in our lives we pray for the problems to go away. Paul did that. The Bible says that Paul had a thorn in his flesh, right? Right? He prayed about it three times and yet God didn't take the thorn in the flesh away. But what did God say to Paul? He said, my grace is sufficient for you for you will have my strength in your own weakness. So David's plight was being undermined by his beloved son Absalom. David's plea was for God to take the problem away. But I want to close out my message to you today to show you what was David's plan. Now he the plan wasn't just something he devised, it's just something that that came out of his dilemma. How did David get out of the situation where his own son runs him out? of of Jerusalem, they have to leave barefooted at night time. They're, they're crossing the Mount of Olives barefooted and things are just chaos in his life. Let's see what happened. Look at the scriptures with me. The Bible says in verse 16, as David writes this psalm, he says, You know what? Even though my plight is bad, even though my world is crashing around me, even though all these things are happening, as for me, I will call to God, and the Lord saves me. Number one, notice David says, you know what? In the midst of my trouble, I'm going to call to God. A little three-year-old girl was afraid of the dark. She came to her mama and, and said, Mama, mama, can I get in bed with you? And 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 the mother was trying to teach the little girl about how God is everywhere. And she says to her little girl, Well, listen, have you prayed? And she says, Yes. Well, she said, What did God tell you? She said, Well, God told me to come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what God says. I don't care what is happening in your life, I will call to God. And that's what David did. The Bible says, as for me, I will call to God. You see, when we're afraid, God says, have you talked to me about it? Whenever I face a problem, the wheels start turning in my brain of how am I going to solve this problem? And when things are overwhelming, I find myself you know, de- deciding this, that, and all these things are going through my mind, and then all of a sudden I, te- I catch myself and I say, wait a minute. You're you're deciding what you are going to do because you think you're so smart, and you have all these resources, but have you asked God what to do? And then I stop, and I realize I haven't even prayed about this. Why am I going through this? The Bible says whenever you face something in your life and you don't know what to do, when people betray you, people undermine you, life just hits you and knocks you down. The Bible says here stop and pray to the Lord. You know what? There's never any panic in heaven. You ever thought about that? There's never a time in our, that our God sits in heaven on His throne and says I wonder what I'm going to do next. That just doesn't happen in heaven does it? God is never Panicking because he is God. Somebody said that, that Jeremiah 29 12 is God's phone number. Listen to it. Then you will call on me and, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. So, number one, David stopped and he called to God. He said, Lord, help me with my situation. That's the first thing that David did. Notice the second thing that he did. The second thing is in verse 22. He says cast your cares, if you got King James it says burdens, cast your burdens on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be, be shaken. Cast them on you. Years ago I, I, I was studying in somebody mention that this idea of casting in the Old Testament in Hebrew is the idea of rolling over your burden from yourself to God. Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. So the first thing David did he he called out to the Lord, he prayed. The second thing he did he cast his burden upon the Lord. And the third thing he did was he says in the last verse, Lord I will trust in you. I told you that I like boats, motorcycles, and side by sides and all those kind of good toys. I have a fishing boat that most of you would be embarrassed to go out in. It is a 1974 fiberglass fishing boat. The reason that it's so old is that my dad bought it brand new in 1974 at the boat mart in Birmingham, Alabama. When he died he left it to me. I've restored that boat three times. I still have it. It's got a new motor on it. It'll buzz up and down. Uh, the river just like any other boat. But in the, in the mid-80s, I was living in Louisiana, and <clears throat> I had a friend there in the area. There was a preacher, and he did fiberglass work. And I talked to Brother Joe, and I said, Brother Joe, my dad's got an old fishing boat, and, and uh, the transom is sort of shaky. And, and that boat was so old, the transom was trying to rot out on it. And so Dad had gotten somebody to put some, some iron braces that, that, that attached to the back of the transom and the side of the boat, and they were screwed on there real good. But we just worried about it over time, <clears throat> and so I, I hauled it down to, to Louisiana with me and took the boat to my friend to refiberglass the transom, okay. Before I took it to Joe, I took the motor off, did a, I did all the, the grunt work so he wouldn't have to do that. And so when I took the motor off his bed's boat, I took the brackets off the side that were holding the transom, and I began to, to, to look at the transom, I shuddered and I shook when I saw what was there. The transom was totally rotted out. I could reach my hand down in there and just, just pick out the rotted wood and, and uh, it was very easy to clean out the the rotten wood from that transom on the boat. And the reason I tell you that story is that I realized that all the times I had had Dad's boat before I fixed the transom, I had taken myself and my children out on the river with something that was untrustworthy. You see, in life we think we can trust in things. I've ministered long enough that, like many preachers, I've got church members that, that are multimillionaires. And I have seen them go through times in life where that money meant nothing. Because you know what? I've never been around anybody at the end of their life when they said, oh, please bring in my checkbook, I want to hold it. <laughs> I, I've never seen that happen as I've, as I've watched people at the end of life. But I've seen people say preacher pray for me. I've seen people say I want my family near me. You see wealth is okay. Money has a purpose. But don't build your life on that. You see money cannot be your trust. Your health may come and but all of our health will fail. one day. That cannot be our trust. David says here in the scriptures but I will trust in you, God. The one that will get you through whatever you face in your life is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now I want to close out today with this. I told you that David had to lead Jerusalem because Absalom led a rebellion against his own dad. Absalom had given the orders if you catch the king, kill him. And David, as he was on his way out, instructed his generals, please, whatever you do, if you catch up with my son Absalom, be kind to my son Absalom. And the Bible says as Absalom's uh, rebellious folks began to, to try to overcome the king and all his, uh, his loyal followers, the Bible says that David's general, Joab, was out fighting the rebellion and guess what he found? He found Absalom that had been riding a mule, had ridden under an oak tree with low-lying limbs and the Bible says in 2 Samuel about chapter 17 that Absalom rode that mule under the limbs of that oak tree and guess what happened? His hair got caught in the limbs. The donkey kept going and there was Absalom hanging from, his, from that tree with the locks of his beautiful hair. And what did David told his generals? Please be kind to my son Absalom. Well all the generals listened to that except one. His name was Joab. And the Bible says when Joab found Absalom with, hanging from that tree by the locks of his hair, Joab took three javelins and put them all through the heart of the son of David, Absalom, and Absalom died. It's always interesting to me is you've got to be careful. That which may be your glory physically can become your demise spiritually. And that literally happened to Absalom as he died that day. David was restored back to his kingdom, and as the scriptures say here, God had gotten David through this tough time in his life. Now I preach this message today to tell you this. God will always get you through. Ethel Waters used to say, me and God make a majority. Whatever you face in your life, God will help you. He will get you through it and you'll make it to the other side, I promise you. Let us pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, that we have a Savior that is always faithful. And even though our problems don't always go away, we know, God, that you're there with us. And you take all the bad things that happen in our our lives and you turn them into stepping stones for growth. Father, I want to pray for anyone here today that's going through a tough time at Westgate Church. I pray that you'll just be their Savior, you'll be their rescuer, and you will help them in this difficult time. In Jesus' name we pray that your Holy Spirit move, Lord. Amen and amen. This time we're going to have our time of invitation and and, uh, we're going to sing a song and I'm going to be right over here to receive anyone who might come. Our deacons will be in their spots as well. And if you've never received Christ as your Savior I know Dr. Raymond uh, always gives an invitation. You can accept Christ today. He's there uh, standing at the door of your heart wanting to come in but you'll have to let Him in. The Bible says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can be saved today if you've never accepted Christ. So let's all stand now. If you have a decision to make for Christ, if you need prayer, if you want to join this wonderful church, you come and we can talk to you about all those things. Let us sing now.
1: When we all get to heaven. We'll sing and shout the victory one day we will see face to face Jesus is there a grace to face jesus is there a greater vision of grace and in a moment we shall meet. changed What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all. Have a great day. See you back tonight for the final Bible study of our summer lesson.